0: Wouldn't you agree? I got $5. This is a run to the left.
1: How many tackles can one man break?
0: (laughs) You're saying that humans need fantasy to make life bearable. Humans need fantasy to be human. (gasps) My goodness. That was good. You guys are pros. The best.
1: Relentless, refusing to give up. All right, hit that horn, babe. Let's dance.
2: What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Fantasy Flex Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Raybon of the Action Network, and this is our rookie tight end fantasy preview episode for 2023. We're going to draft the top 10 rookie tight ends by value over ADP, and here to do it with me is one of the top fantasy football rankers in the game, the odds maker, Sean Kerner. Sean, what's going on?
1: What's up? Uh, I'm I'm getting more excited that we're going to this battle of L.A. You know, Chargers Rams game this weekend because we'll get to see a lot of these rookies we're talking about. You know, Max Duggan, um, Stenson Bennett, Quentin Johnson, Zach Evans potentially. So really excited for this game because I feel like we've been talking about it quite a bit on these pods.
2: Yeah, and for those that don't know, we have our running back, our wide receiver, and our quarterback. Uh, rookie preview episodes out now, where we do the same thing: we draft uh, a bunch of the rookies for their redraft value this year. So, uh, d- no matter how deep a league you're in, uh, we definitely have something for you uh, in those episodes. So, be sure to check those out. But, uh, Sean, I went first for the quarterback episode, so you can go ahead and start us off here with tight end. And let me just uh, actually let me give you the people the yeah. ADPs first. So we're using best ball 10 ADP over the last couple of weeks. Tight end 16 is Dalton Kincaid tight end 20, Sam Laporta uh, of the lions Kincaid of the bills. Of course Uh tight end 26 is Michael Mayer of the Raiders tight end 32 by ADP Luke Musgrave of the Packers tight end 38, Darnell Washington of the Steelers. Uh, and then we're using tight end 45 for, everyone else uh every other rookie uh because they don't have uh an ADP currently so
1: with that said now start us off well I know you think you know where I'm going with this but I'm gonna pull a fast one here and I'm gonna go with the top guy on the board actually I'm going with Dalton Kincaid at tight end 16 uh just because I think the gap between him and Laporta is a bit too small for my liking right now um but I I love Kincaid here at tight end 16, because I think he's he's one of two tight ends this year that I think actually have tight end one upside as a rookie. Um, and it, it seems like, you know, the, Beal, the Bills clearly drafted Kincaid in the first round for his pass catching upside. That's really what he pr- brings to the NFL. Um, and he's having a great camp. Um, and this is an elite offense. And it does sound like they're going to potentially use him in the slot. So I, I think he has a clear path you know, to, to low end tight end one sort of upside as a rookie. Um, You know, he could be like a, you know, like a Mark Andrews type of prospect. So I, I gotta go with Kincaid here, Uh, tight end 16. Yeah. The
2: Buffalo Bills, what they want to do this year is they want to force defenses to essentially pick their poison. You know, if they're going to wind up in more one, two personnel, which is one back two receivers and two tight ends and with Kincaid essentially acting like a a glorified slot receiver. And if defenses want to match that with their base, you know, three linebackers, KK is going to burn one of those linebackers uh, in coverage. And if defenses want to, you know, bring their nickel, well, KK actually still has enough athleticism uh, to, to, you know, to win those matchups too, but they can also, that also does more for them in the run game uh, as well. So I think you are going to see more of that with Buffalo, this year, you know, no Cole Beasley on the team this year, no Jamison Crowder. Uh, you know, Deontay Hardy and, and Khalil Shakir will probably, you know, fight battle it out for that third wide receiver role. But I, I think Kincaid gets more snaps than uh both of those guys, and I think he gets more snaps than uh both of them handily too. You know, like even if you yeah. uh combined Shakir and Hardy snaps, I think Kincaid has a chance uh to play more so. I'm projecting Kincaid about uh, 50 catches, 525 yards, uh, about in five touchdowns. Which you know doesn't sound like much, but it's enough <laughs> to be my tight end 13. And uh, you know, for a rookie tight end, unless you're talking about a, like a generational talent like a Kyle Pitts, uh, it's also a pretty good year uh, for a yeah. rookie. You really don't see many of the, these rookies crack the top 20 very often. But like you said, I think Kincaid definitely has that. Uh, potential to not only crack the top 20 but you know if things go right you know especially with the touchdown luck uh he could even crack the top 10 and be a a true you know startable week in week out tight end one so uh, i'm very intrigued by Kincaid, and and he's by all accounts he's having a good camp you know nothing yeah nothing negative on that end
1: to, to no no red flags or anything like that do you have him ranked over uh tyler higby and greg dulcich by any chance
2: uh over dulcich just because there's you know some question marks with Um, you know, just that offense in general and exactly, you know, there's a lot of other tight ends of that. that, uh, Not over Higby. I think Higby's up to my tight end 11. I believe it is now.
1: I know. Right. Like if, yeah, he's my tight end 11, but if I really let my raw projections fly, he'd be like tight end eight. So I'm trying to hold Higby down. Um, but I, I, the more like I draft, the more I'm comfortable if I don't get Travis Kelsey punting at tight end, because all these guys in the like tight end 12 range have league winning upside and you get them really late. So, uh, Kincaid's an option, you know, Dulcich Higby. I just, all these guys, I like love drafting super late. So, uh, it's kind of been shifting my draft strategy, just how good this tier is.
2: Yeah. And, you know, we'll kind of know even more, you know, after a couple more weeks of camp, you know, because that, you know, this, as as of right now, this, the expectation is for Kincaid to to be that essentially starting slot receiver. We'll obviously learn more about Dulcich. Uh, we'll see if Okonkwo is going to be in the doghouse or he ends up being <laughs> a starter. Like there's you know there's a lot of things still kind of up for grabs in that range. Yeah, uh, but I would say yes, Higby obviously is is one of the safer bets. But yeah, Kincaid just because of the talent uh, mixed with the you know the quarterback that he's that's going to be thrown to him mixed with the the role that he's going to play uh, got to love it. Um, you know, very good player at Utah it was getting, you know, about a third of their uh, receiving production last year, broke out at a very young age, uh, put up what near 890 yards and eight scores uh, in 12 games last year, uh, on nearly a hundred targets. And he's played about, uh, he played about 65%, about two thirds mm-hmm. of his snaps Either in the slot or out wide last year. So this is what he does. Like he's already used to kind yep. of doing this, and that's. And you have Dalton Knox, who is more of a traditional in-line tight end, who could still mm. handle the blocking and and you know some of the red zone work and all those other things that tight ends handle. But uh, I think Cade was drafted as as we talked about for a very very specific role. So yep. yeah, yeah, um, I'm high on Cade even in year one. For my first pick and second overall in our tight end rookie redraft, I am going to go with Sam Laporta, tight end twenty. You want to bar my hand? Real quick? <laughs> 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 I know, right? I should have worn my Lions hat. Um, yeah, I but <laughs> yeah, I, I, you know, I know you've been talking up Laporta all off season. Yeah. His ADP's up to tight end twenty in, in redraft, but being that. I, you know, I think especially now, you know, Shane Zilstra went down as well. So, um, you know, and he was a part of that three-headed tight end monster last year. I, I think Detroit's going to let this guy play, uh, especially on passing downs. You know, maybe he starts out uh, the year not playing on, you know, early downs or rundowns. But I think he's going to be out there anytime it matters when they're throwing the ball. And as the year progresses, I think he's going to be the guy that's going to weed that tight end room in – in snaps, even as a rookie, you know, he's another guy that, you know, he was drafted to play a role right away. I mean, they don't have TJ Hawkinson anymore. They traded him mid season last year. You know, James Mitchell was more, more of a kind of a a project. He has some athleticism, but I don't think they're looking at him as a a starter and Brock Wright, you know, he's kind of a Mm -hmm. solid all around inline guy, but Laporte is another one of these guys who, you know, he played 30% in the slot, another 20% out wide, you know he could he could do it all. He could move around. Uh, very good measurables. The, the forty was in the ninety first percentile. The agility score was in the ninetieth uh, percentile. Um, I guess the only thing that is kind of worrisome in terms of his college production, um, he didn't really score many touchdowns. Only four uh, in the last uh, in the last two seasons. Uh, any concern about uh, about the touchdown production?
1: Nah, no, nah, that that's just due to the offense. Um, he he looked every bit as good as you know, like he replaced T.J. Hawkinson in Iowa. I mean, he was a right. seamless replacement there, and he's going to do the same in Detroit. So he's very similar to T.J. Hawkinson. Um, probably the yeah, the second best pass catching tight end in this class. I was kind of surprised that he went over Michael Mayer, who's more of just an all around good tight end. So it's clear, you know, the Lions drafted him based on his pass catching abilities. Um, and it looks like I'm not surprised he's impressing in camp. He is that good, but it does look like he's a lock right now to be the week one starter. So, you know, we've said that Amon Ross St. Brown is obviously you know the centerpiece of this the passing attack. Then Jameer Gibbs is probably the number two target, and then Laporta will probably be the number three. Maybe even when Jamison Williams comes back. So um I love Laporta's upside. The the thing that worries me is you know, back when I was talking to him, he was like tight end twenty-five. Now he's up to tight end twenty. That's maybe closer to where he should go. But still yep. in this range, he has he has more upside than some of these guys because he could turn into the number two target in this offense and really blow up as a rookie. He does have that sort of potential. So yeah, still like getting him as long as he's outside of the top twenty. Love grabbing him.
2: What do you what do you have as your and obviously you're gonna tweak these, but what do you have right now as kind of your rough projection? For Laporta as a rookie,
1: um, so his raw numbers, um, yeah, I got yeah, catches, I got
2: yards, touchdowns.
1: I got him right around, you know, forty-five receptions, right around four hundred and seventy yards, um, three to four touchdowns. Um, that that's something where you know I've talked about the the Lions scored so many rushing touchdowns in the red zone with Jamal Williams. Um, some of those can turn into passing touchdowns that could go to Laporta. So Laporta does have, you know, five to seven touchdown sort of upside. But again, Amal Ronse Brown just requires so many targets. It's it's hard to really raise Laporta's, um, you know, medium projection higher than that. But I think he's gonna be a very solid, you know, mid range tight end too as a rookie and be like in dynasty leagues. I love him. I think he absolutely has top five upside, um, you know, a couple years down the road. But you know, we always talk about rookies have slow starts. Like you can't count on them to produce much, but I think Kincaid and Laporta this this season specifically are the exception. I think we can expect them to produce right away.
2: Didn't DJ Hawkinson have a monster game in his first ever oh, game yeah. with the Lions, a rookie as the, well?
1: Yeah, against Arizona the Cardinals, I believe. Bad. Yeah, against the yes. yeah, historically bad against tight end defense, the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah. What do you have? Like nine catches for 170 yards or something like that? <laughs> Close. Six six yeah. for
2: one thirty one in a tutty. Yeah,
1: like he just went uh, eight. nine targets. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and that, to
2: be so. fair, yeah, he was he was a little he was a higher pick than uh Laporte. He went he went in the top ten. So yeah. you know, I do think there's a chance like a guy like Brock Wright. Actually get more snaps in week one, but it, like what Porter will run more oh, routes. You know what I mean. Right. So like I, I could see that, um, but the Lions play the Chiefs in week one, so you expect <laughs> them to have a lot of uh, passing situations and what should be yeah, a shootout. Yeah. So I I do think he could hit the ground running, and yeah, again I don't really see Wright or Mitchell kind of you know eating into those routes long term. Uh, I think if if anything, you know maybe the first couple of weeks. weeks, uh, but that that's
1: really it. So and uh, yeah, how, how many have, Oh, sorry. Yeah, go sorry. Ahead. Go ahead. I was just asking how many touchdowns you had him for because I know you were commenting on just at Iowa he didn't score many touchdowns. Um, but the, as a, as a team, they only threw uh, seven touchdowns yeah. last year. So I wouldn't say it was his fault that he didn't have many touchdowns. But how many are you projecting uh, for year one?
2: Right around four. So okay. my raw projections are right in the same range as you. I have them uh, forty six catches. 491 yards and yeah, right around four, t- four touchdowns. So, you know, not quite, yeah. not quite there at Kincaid. Like I got Kincaid with an extra touchdown. I got Kincaid with a, you know, about an extra 50, 50 ish, 75 yards. But uh, yeah, I think if Laporte is definitely in that conversation, especially with, like you said, you know, Jamison Williams being suspended, there's kind of a log jam, those other wide receiver spots, but nobody really jumps out at you. Um, so yeah. if Laporte, plays well as a rookie, um, there there really is a chance that he could be one of those top two, top three
1: targets. And I think, yeah, I think the path to his ceiling is, you know, touchdown production because, you know, for as many receptions as Amon Ra- St. Brown gets, he's not really a guy that scores a ton of touchdowns. So there is there is an opening for Laporta, like I said, to score, you know, five to seven touchdowns, let's say. And that's that's kind of how I think he sneaks into the the top 12 of the season is sort of red zone production. So that, that's something to keep an eye out on.
2: Yeah, yeah, 6'3", I uh, wish he was a, like an a, yes. uh, inch or two taller, he is 6'3", yeah. but, you know, those Iowa tight ends, they're just such a good history, too, of those Iowa yep. tight ends, I mean, what do we got, Kittle, uh, who else we got back there, no offense. it, uh, I
1: mean, he's not quite the same yeah. caliber, uh, TJ Hawkinson, obviously, Hawkinson, and then, yeah. yeah,
2: Tony Mowiaki, <laughs> 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 hey, <you had> a- <laughs> Dallas Clark. Dallas Clark. Dallas Clark's oh, another yeah, he, no, he actually, he's one that reminds me of Laporta a little bit, actually. Oh, yeah. I um, can see that for sure. Yep. But uh, yeah, I think Kittle and, and Hawkinson definitely are the. Uh, CJ Fedorowitz. Fedorowicz Yeah, yeah. Fedorowitz. Um, Brandon Myers, I think, went there. Um, who else? That, that big dude on the Bills went there. uh, Scott Chandler. Scott Chandler went there. (laughs) Iowa has literally – they've turned out nothing but, like, pro-caliber tight ends. Not all of them have, like, been amazing. But the floor for an Iowa tight end is so high that, you know, if you're sitting there and, you know, you're in a two-tight end league or best ball, you know – why not take a shot at, at Laporta exactly. And you know, Amon Ross St. Brown, like if I'm what happens if Amon Ross St. Brown gets hurt, you know, then, right, then right. you're really in business with uh with Laporta. So or if Jameer Gibbs gets hurt for that matter. Right. Um, so yeah, I think there's a lot of upside here. And when we're talking about tight end, yes, rookies do struggle. Um, uh, but we're tra- starting to see that change, especially with these guys that aren't true inline tight ends, like Evan Ingram had a big rookie year, obviously Kyle Pitts. Yeah. Just some of the names, uh, and those guys aren't really, you know, you know, those guys are going to play a lot in the slot and out wide. So I think Laporta uh, has a chance to uh, to replicate that.
0: Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver it's carved in ice what happens next will last forever the stanley cup final on abc and espn plus begins saturday
2: all right so you got Kincaid. i got laporta Kincaid is te 16 in adp laporta is up to te 20 uh we're gonna go 10 picks long in this one so we're gonna get ugly we're gonna get ugly in this one but uh, I think there's still a few more guys yeah. that are, you know, at least you can kind of bank. At least they have draftable ADPs right now. So right. Uh, who you going know with your third, third yeah.
1: pick? I don't think any of these guys that we talk about from here on have tight end one upside, but some of these guys absolutely, you know, have tight end two upside. So right. I'm going with uh, Luke Musgrave here Ooh. from the Packers. Um, he went in round two, um, went to Oregon State. He, he was one of the better pass-catching tight ends of this class, but he's more of a downfield threat, uh, than someone who's going to rack up a ton of catches. So like a Jared cook guy, where you're going to project him for like 14 yards of reception, but not catch as many. Um, uh, but he, he does find himself in a wide open tight end room, uh, on the Packers. I was a little bit worried about Tucker craft, um, who they took in the third round. He could push for the starting role, but he's dealing with a knee injury. So that, that could yep. knock him out uh, enough to where I, I think Musgrove, Rusker definitely has the inside track to be the week one starter. That's what they're saying. I think DeGuara is actually hurt too. So um, he's kind of benefiting from these two tight ends um, dealing with injuries. Uh, But yeah, he he does have some good pass catching upside um, and he's in a wide open receiving room. And also, you know, outside of Christian Watson, uh, we've been kind of guessing who's going to be the number two, number three target. So there is a chance he could slot in and be a top three target in this offense. I think it's a longer shot, obviously, than a Laporta, but the, there is a path there. I think he has the highest, um, you know, ceiling among the remaining tight ends. So I, I like getting Musgrave uh, here at tight end thirty-two.
2: Yeah, I would have took him too because you know Mayor's the other option, but he's going six spots higher, and yeah. you know there, you know, he's he's just in a, a situation where. Um, you know it's just it, like Austin Hoopers there so we don't know but uh, Musgrave yeah I like the fact that he can go down the field I like the fact that the Packers really have nothing to lose he might as well chuck up a few a few shot plays <laughs> to uh to Musgrave and you know he, yeah. he'll still be getting single coverage I mean you know yeah. if any, the only guy that's really gonna command double co- coverage is Christian Watson uh if that on that on this team so yeah. um I, I do think Musgrave will have a chance and, and he should he should be able to to start from week one as well because, like you said, Kraft missing time with injury. You never like a rookie missing too much time. Yeah, uh, especially at a position like this where you know it takes time to to learn the offense. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I think Musgrave just looking at what he did uh, in college. He was a, a, a you know at Oregon State. He was a guy that averaged thirteen and a half yards per reception um you know that's very good for a tight end and, and there there's some Scouts that thought he might have kind of like a Dalton Kincaid like buzz heading into the draft but he you know he had a knee injury that mm-hmm. ended his season uh, at Oregon State so like I, I think there is there's some sneaky upside with him now the Packers pass game just probably won't be that good but mm-hmm. yeah if you're sitting there in best ball uh or something like that where you need a, a number two tight end maybe even a number three uh, could could Musgrave go from you know tight end 32 to finish as a top twenty four tight end? Absolutely. because yep. I think he's gonna get the snaps uh to do it and that's just uh you know even more so because of as you mentioned the the injuries to some of the other guys in camp and and Degwara was never really a, a tight end right. tight end he was more like h back full <laughs> back go in motion and just block somebody but in like week out of the, the the backfield but not really like a true he's not giving you what Musgrave has given you right. uh you know down the seams or anything like that so um and, and Musgrave the, the measurables are really good it was you know top mm-hmm. top 20th percentile and uh the 40 yard dash you know speed score burst score catch radius
1: um so yeah a lot to like I think with uh with Musgrave what do you have
2: him projected for just curious
1: um let me see I have him right around that like tight end uh 29 range um let me see I got oh yeah looks like we're at 35 catches uh, 350 yards again these are median projections um yeah (laughs) and uh a couple touchdowns uh we're similar right
2: yeah yeah i was about to say we both have them right you have 34 catches at least uh the projection i'm looking at i have 33 you have 353 yards i have 374 uh and we both have them for exactly (laughs) 2.4 touchdowns so yeah there you go
1: all right. Uh... It, it, it'll only go up if if he's officially named the week one starter. I will bump it up a bit, right? I'm yeah, assuming you but... will too. So, I think the our projections are closer to his floor right now. If I had to guess,
2: yeah. But I mean, again, like people have to remember, you know, nowadays it's just you know more people playing best ball, more people in weeks that are starting two tight ends. Like this is just kind of the production that you have to be looking for. Yeah. For you know these, exactly. these tight ends, and you know Musgrave is going to have. Uh, like you said, some upside, especially because I think the the yards per uh, the yards per reception for for mm-hmm. Musgrave. Like I have it c- pretty conservative about eleven and a half. I could easily, you know, mm-hmm. that could go yeah. up, you know, twelve, thirteen, um, which you know that he has that kind of upside. So yeah, um, he's, yeah. he's more upside than down. But uh, yeah, as far as rookies, yeah, you are still probably expecting him to be under four hundred yards for a median, um, just because that's such is the life of a rookie tight end. All right. Uh, with the fourth overall pick, my second pick in this tight end rookie draft for redraft 2023, I gotta go with, I gotta go with Mayer here. Uh, yeah. just because I think he has a legit shot at getting starter snaps. Number one, just because I think the Raiders, w- well, yes, they did sign Austin Hooper. Um, I-, I do think the Raiders are gonna go more to a two tight end uh mm-hmm. look this year because i think that's kind of what Devonte adams was chirping about a little bit you know like the offense <laughs> is going to change up uh, a little more and Mayer was a really good uh you know kind of versatile guy in terms of like he could block he could he can catch he can block he could play inside he could play outside he could he could pretty much do whatever you want he had a he was uh number four in PFF run blocking grade out of the 83 tight ends in the 2023 class with a, a run block grade, grade of 82.1. So very good run blocker. which means he can, you can put yeah. him on the field right away. Um, so, you know, very good run blocker at Notre Dame. 800-plus uh, yards each of the past two seasons, seven-plus touchdowns each of the past two seasons at, at Notre Dame. Last year he had 30% of their yards and 36% uh, of their touchdowns. So, And he was – uh, he led the uh, nation in, uh, among tight ends in yards per route run at, at 2.44, yep. uh, according to PFF. So he has all the, he has all the kind of underlying metrics and I mean, Austin Hooper is probably on the downside of his career. So, um, you know, if maybe Hooper plays more snaps early on in the year, but I wouldn't be surprised if Mayer overtook him uh, early in the year and, or if they just kind of split snaps uh, in that in what is going to likely become more of a two tight end uh, base offense.
1: Yeah, and he was considered the best overall tight end in this class, uh, thanks to his, you know, blocking ability as well. So it's kind of a shocker that he was third off the board. I thought, you know, his ideal landing spots would have been, you know, Dallas in the first round or, uh, you know, the Lions. Um, but the, the Raiders are a fine landing spot. You know, they they have Austin Hooper, like you said. I'm not too worried about him, and they should. They'll probably use a ton of two tight end sets. That's what Jimmy G's used to anyway. Um, so he should see plenty of playing time. He definitely has, you know, the pass-catching ability to put up decent numbers. So, yeah, like, you know, tight end 26 is right about where I would have him, but uh, he still has upside for more. All
2: right, where are you going with your uh, third pick in the fifth overall?
1: And this is where it really starts to fall off. Yep. Um, I'm going with – let me see. God, yeah, I don't like this pick, but I'm going with uh, Luke Schoonmaker because, you know, he was – I, like I said, I thought the Cowboys were going to take Mayer in the first, but they uh, they sort of took whoever, whichever tight end was going to make it back in the second round they are going to take, and unfortunately it was Schoonmaker. But, um, you know, he is in a situation where it's a wide open uh, tight end depth chart, you know, that they're still trying to replace Dalton Schultz. So there is a path for him. Unfortunately, he has been dealing with uh, plantar fasciitis injury, so he's missed a ton of camp. It's not a good start. Um, and it does look like, you know, Jake Ferguson will probably start the season as the, you know, the starting tight end, but there is a path for Screenmaker to at least, you know, eat into that later in the season. So I'm just baking on that. I think he does have a path to upside at least. Um, it wasn't like the best pass catching talent. I, I didn't really like the pick, but he is in an offense in a scheme that, that could produce, you know, tight end two type numbers, um, especially if Ferguson were to go down. So he does have that path at least uh, compared to these other guys.
2: Yeah. So the uh, Cowboys released their first, you know, official, unofficial depth chart. So they, they, do, they list two tight ends as starters. So they list Ferguson and Hendershot both as starters and mm-hmm. then Schoonmaker is behind Hendershot. Uh, so that tells me like he could That's jump. Cool. I think he's more, he's got a better shot of jumping Hendershot than ferguson no pun intended so uh, you know we just got to kind of monitor that but yeah he did make his camp debut uh a couple days before we recorded he made his camp debut on august 7 so he is back in there now yeah. but yeah that's that's probably is the biggest concern just that learning curve uh for him and the fact i guess he was a low a dot guy uh in college uh 7.8 a dot so maybe you know probably still going to be used more like a dalton schultz i think that right. would be kind of what he's he tops out as but you know it is kind of a three-way three-way log jam in there right now so he, he could emerge if he has uh if he has a good preseason all right uh the sixth pick so this is where it really gets tough i am going to go with i'm gonna go with josh wiley the titans backup looks like backup end right now fifth round pick so- out of cincinnati uh you know solid solid athlete uh has some size to him six seven uh, just under 250 pounds, uh, some good yards after catch skills. Uh, you know, he can run block. He was 13th in his class in run blocking out of 83 uh, in terms of PFF grade, and he was the eighth best in pass blocking. So, you know, I have heard the rumblings of Rabel kind of criticizing Chig Okonkwo's blocking uh, this camp. And you look at the tight end depth chart, I mean, you got – Travon Wesco, who's kind of a fullback hybrid H-back guy, Kevin Rader, same thing. So, uh, why we, you know, if he shows enough catching the ball and he was solid, um, you know, he has solid, um, tools to be a good pass catcher, I think he, you know, there's a not, there's a chance that he could uh kind of draw even with a conqueror for conqueror struggles or even overtake him i don't think it's likely but we're talking about you know the sixth best rookie tight end here uh so i you know it was it's there's a there's one other guy i I was thinking about i'll see if you pick him next but uh (laughs) i'm gonna go why we because he's going undrafted right now so uh i think i like the uh the potential here for for some upside, because we know Tennessee is always going to have a, a decent amount of, uh, of tight ends on the field.
1: Yeah, I'm surprised you took him because it, it requires your boy Chig to, to go down or struggle. <laughs> um, but yeah, obviously, he'll probably be his backup. Um, I, I think if anything, he'd be like a potential red zone weapon. Even Mm -hmm. if Chig is active, um, I I think that's where he can, you know, have some value. But either way, at this point in the draft, we're we're drafting tight ends that probably need the starting tight end to go down to have any uh, value. All right, who you got with the uh, seventh overall pick? Uh yeah so I'm I'm going with the guy where um assuming the starter goes down I think he could step up and that's Cam uh, Latu on the uh 49ers you know they drafted him in the 3rd round he's from Alabama um he's a former linebacker so he brings you know some serious physicality to the position he was also a solid receiver pass catcher at Alabama so I think um he'll, he'll obviously have zero value as long as George Kill is healthy he will have zero value but if Kittle goes down, you know, I think he's the guy that they have right now that would step in um, as the pass catcher. So there is a path to offering some value and, you know, it seems Kittle's missed handful of games seems like every season uh, so far. So uh, he's in a situation where I think we could see a couple of games this year where Latu's starting. So I think that he he at least has a path um, and the skills to take advantage of that. Yeah. It's interesting. You know, I was surprised I was somewhat
2: surprised they draft him. I mean, I guess it was late third round um out of Alabama, but he's really intelligent guy, not really, uh, uh, you know, the measurables don't really stick out or or anything like that. so uh, but you know the I'm interested to see because you know one of the the things that that the scouts do like about him is is his intelligence. I'm interested to see if you know maybe that kind of fast tracks him because it mm-hmm. seems like they're trying to upgrade dwelly and uh charlie warner uh you know so as soon maybe as this year so they drafted latu mm-hmm. in late third and they drafted uh brayden willis who seems to be having a good camp uh, in the seventh round so yeah those two guys this year may uh actually uh, replace dwelly and uh warner now if Kittle were to go down you know and and those guys didn't make the team but they were on a practice card you know would one of those jump ahead who knows but uh um, yeah, it's, it's intriguing just to, just because they, they're clearly trying to upgrade those backup spots uh, in, in San Francisco. All right, for my fourth pick and the eighth overall, uh, I'm going to go with Darno Washington out of Pittsburgh. He's being drafted as the TE38. Uh, he's getting some buzz in camp, and it sounds like he has a, a real good shot at uh, playing those Zach Gentry snaps. Uh, about which was about thirty percent of the routes last year. They're talking about that he because he's such a he, he's a good blocker, but he also has some explosiveness in the pass game. But it it should allow Moose to be more of a you know a guy who moves around more of a move tight end and, and kind of free him up a, a little more. But you know Washington, he ran a four point five four forty, which is very very good, and he averaged seven over seventeen yards per catch uh, at yep. Georgia. Uh, 7.6 yards after the catch. So, and he had a top five run blocking grade for, uh, the, for his draft class last year. So out of the 83 tight ends, uh, in the, that were, uh, that, that were seniors last year, he was fifth. And, uh, I think, you know, it's, there's, it's not guarantee that he beats out Gentry, but from everything I'm hearing in camp and just, you know, from them drafting him in the third round, you know, it didn't seem like a major position to need, uh, i think he has a pretty good shot so um and then you, if if Fryermuth goes down i mean you're probably not starting gentry and playing him you know 60 70 80% of the uh the snaps so in that case i do think washington would slot in just because i think he has some explosiveness and he could still block so it's not like you know the Steelers are all about the run game top 5 run blocker uh i think he's going to yeah. find a way to get on the field in, in year 1 so it's it's a long shot but uh, I, I like what I'm hearing and I, I like the, I like the player. I think he, I think he, from what I've seen of him uh, at Georgia, he looks pretty good.
1: Yeah, no, he's a freak athlete. Uh, he's according to a player profile. Uh, he's uh, number two in athleticism score at tight end and number five in the entire draft class. He's a freak. They, they just need to figure out how to channel that into more of a pass catcher. So I think yep. either way he can, he can get on the field as a blocker, Initially and then he does have some massive upside. If that happens this year or not remains to be seen. But yeah, I love the upside there. All
2: right, we got two more picks. Uh you got number nine, I got number ten. Where are you going?
1: Well, I was I was gonna try to get sneaky here and go completely off the board. Um but I don't know if he's listed as a tight end quite yet, but Elijah Higgins on the Dolphins is converting um mm-hmm. you, from a wide receiver can, to, can oh I'll him. go with him. Okay. Yeah, yeah, so he's he's converting from a wide receiver to tight end. Uh he yeah, he has the frame to do it, you know, he's six three, two thirty five. On uh, the earlier reports, have been just really good about his transition to tight end. Um, and obviously, you know, the tight the, the Dolphins is an interesting tight end room. You know, they don't really use the tight end much in the passing game. You know, Mike McDaniel's typically wants tight end to be a good blocker, but Higgins could end up being sort of that Kincaid role. I, I don't know, like maybe lining up in the slot. Either way, there is a path for Higgins to have some sort of role uh, in the passing attack because beyond Tyree and Jalen Waddle, it's wide open to see, you know, who's getting targets outside of that. So I think might as well take a just wild ass flyer this late. Uh, Higgins is really athletic. Um, he had the number three athleticism score of this, the wide receiver class. So he's a freak athlete. Uh, Mike McDaniels might be able to figure out a channel that he might not catch a ball this year. I don't care. I like getting him at the last pick, uh, the tight end, uh, you know he he's listed as, as a wide receiver in some places, and he might be a tight end elsewhere. But I think at tight end, he has the most upside.
2: Yeah, it's not like the Dolphins have any established players at tight end. I mean, Durham Smythe is right. on the uh, the top of their depth chart, so yeah, yep. I could definitely see that happen. And that's probably one of the reasons they are converting him to tight end to get you know like a pass catcher yeah. into that role because Smythe is more of a blocker. Um, and they yep. you know they traded Hunter Long to the Rams, so. Yeah, uh, yeah, not much, not much there on that depth chart. All right.
1: If anything, so he, he replaced like the, the 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 Mike Gasicki role, which wasn't good in the Dolphins' offense, but <laughs> compared to these other yeah. tight ends, at least at least he would have a potential role. Oh, definitely.
2: I, I think uh, I think like again with when anytime you have Durham Smythe at the top of a depth chart, exactly, uh, it's wide open. Or Eric Saubert for that matter. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean that's realistically who he's probably competing with for for snaps more because yeah. Smites will probably block no matter what. All right. For the final pick, man.
1: Who the yeah. hell are you going with? I, I can't wait.
2: Oof. I <laughs> I'm going to have to go with No, I'm gonna take a I'm gonna take a shot in the dark and go with uh Braden Willis. Whoa! There you go. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, he could catch, block, he could run, he could, he could throw in the wildcat, he could play specialties. So there's a chance he's active from week one. There's even a, a chance he beats out Latu, even though, um, yeah. you know, Latu had the higher draft pedigree. You know, not likely, but um, he was one of the top run blockers in his class, one of the top pass blockers in his class, top six in both out of eighty three. Um, and yeah, he's kind of, he's kind of what everyone initially envisioned that Jalen Hurd role for a member a few years ago when they, when they drafted Hurd. Oh and yeah. Yeah. So like I think he can kind of do some similar things. He's six four, two forty one. 241 uh, you know, above average um, uh, speed, you know, everything else is average to below average in terms of the mev- measurables, but just the versatility um, and the fact that, you know, that b- behind Kittle, that depth chart is wide open. Uh, and I heard, you know, I, he's having a pretty good camp. Flashing is a pass catcher. Uh, I'll take uh, I'll take him over. You know some of these other guys that have kind of been not doing much, or they've been hurt. Because like again, I really don't want a tight end that's been hurt uh, right. throughout much of camp, just because you know it's it's you know it, like it's going to happen to everyone. But you know a guy like Craft, for example, you mm-hmm. know it's just. Especially with DeGuara already there and, and Musgrave, like it's just, it's just, I think harder, going to be harder to crack that depth chart. So yeah, let me go. Braden will just complete upside shot,
1: shot Might in the dark. Well. Yes. Was there anybody else you were considering there?
2: I was considering Payne Durham. Uh yeah. You know, in Tampa Bay, fifth round pick out of Purdue. You know, make Coekeith more like a H back fullback type. So Durham could be that number two on the on the depth chart. Um. And that that was really the only one, you know. Mallory, I, I initially thought he might have some potential, but it seems like he's been hurt. And, and they, have so 100, many.
1: they have a hundred tight ends. Yeah, and like it's impossible yeah. for him. And he's he's hurt. And anytime these rookie tight ends get hurt, uh, it's a problem. That's why I was so shocked that Dulcich had as good of a rookie season yep. as he had because he missed, I think, almost the entire training camp, the entire preseason, the first six weeks, and he still hit the ground running. <laughs> but that's rare. Usually, you want a tight end. You know, get the full training camp, get preseason reps because it it is one of the toughest positions for these college um, you know players to transition to.
2: Yeah, and Dulcich was a day a day two pick, whereas you know all these other guys that were kind of True. choosing between are day three guys. <laughs> the, the the only actually no, it wasn't just uh, Durham. The other guy I was thinking about was uh, Brenton Strange uh, oh, in Jacksonville. Yeah, yep. um, you know he's a guy who you know he second was rounder. yeah he was a second rounder. But the only thing with for me with him is that you know college his A dot was six point oh like it's just even if he does you know c- come into playing time and with all those other receivers there it's just I, I just it's hard for me to see him be super productive so I'd rather just take a shot on a guy like like yeah. Willis who you know has like a non zero chance if Kittle gets hurt of maybe stepping up yeah for
1: sure. So. for sure for sure.
2: All right, so let me recap the draft. So, Sean started with Dalton Kincaid of the Bills, TE16. I went Sam Laporta of the Lions at tight end 20. Sean went Luke Musgrave of the Packers at tight end 32. I went Michael Mayer of the Raiders at tight end 26. Uh, then Sean went Luke Schoolmaker of the Cowboys. I went Josh Wylie of the Titans. Sean went Cam Latou of the Niners. I went Darnell Washington of the Steelers. Sean went Elijah Higgins of the Dolphins. And I went Braden Willis of the Niners. So that is going to wrap it up for our tight end preview episode for 2023 our quarterback episode dropped earlier this week our running back and wide receiver episodes are already out as well so be sure to check those out right here on the fantasy flex channel you can find sean on x at the underscore odds maker i'm at chris raybon and we're at those same handles on the free award-winning action network app also be sure to check out Uh, our season-long fantasy rankings for 2023 on ActionNetwork.com as well. Until next time, let's get this money.
1: Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.